So this morning, I want to challenge you a little bit. Um, I just, you know, if I just stand up here and I preach from head knowledge, then I don't want to be up here. I don't want to be up here. I want to be up here because the heart of the Lord is here and that you will be challenged in what, where you're at, what you're doing, and encouraged and grow. So I'm going to challenge you this morning. One of the things that I often say to my staff um, or students or people in Hong Kong is I'll say, what are, what's your dream? Not, not sleep time dream, but what's the desire in your heart? What's your dream? What are you dreaming? And many times they'll say, I don't know. I've never thought about it. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about what your dreams are. And I want to talk about not only what your dreams are, but then what are you doing to realize that dream and step out of the boat? Because God has amazing things for every single one of you. He is a God of greatness. He is a good God. He's incredible. He's an awesome. And he has amazing dreams for every one of us. And are we realizing those dreams? Greg and Safi, I love to tell my stories on them. So I could tell stories on Rick and Joanne, but I better not, out of respect. So, <laughs> but I can do it on Greg and Safi because they're my staff. Um, anyway, Greg and Safi did third year um, Karis under me. And in third year, Greg Moore required us, required us to do, the ministry track requires us to do a teaching, 10-minute teaching, on your future, like your five-year plan. So I said to Greg and Safi, okay, I want a 10-minute teaching from each one of you on your five-year plan. And you know, I think Safi's first response was, well, I haven't thought about that, because people in Asia a lot of times don't think about it. They don't think about the future. And um, so I said, hey, guys, you know, I want to see what happens. And so they came back with their 10-minute teaching on their five-minute plan, or on their five-year plan. And um, I think Greg shared first. And he was talking about, you know, he wants to, he wants to have a house. And he wanted to see um, Safi get her green card, you know, so she could be in the United States. And, and it was just amazing listening to him. And I thought, wow. And then Safi who had not talked to Greg about this, came up and said, I want a house. I want to get my green card. Do you know that was the beginning of them dreaming about being in the United States and about Safi getting her green card? And it was so amazing just to watch how God, once they started to dream, their dreams were just like, I mean, they're, I would have thought they copied each other in their teachings, but they, you know, they just were just like this. And the cool part about it is that um, Greg and Safi moved back um, after uh, Greg being in, in um, Asia for 20 some years. They moved back here in December of 2019, December 24th of 2019. When did COVID hit Asia officially? January of 2020. One month before they might have gotten stuck. God brought them back here. Isn't that incredible? It's just amazing to watch what God's doing in their life. So it's been awesome. Dreams, right? That all started because of a dream and God accelerated it, didn't he? <laughs> it went much faster than you thought. So today I'm going to ask you, what are you dreaming? 
What are your desires? What are your dreams? And if you have them, are you stepping out of the boat? Are you stepping out of the boat to realize those dreams? You know, most of us are so comfortable, too busy in the here and the now, that we don't take the time to dream. We don't take that time to really find out what desires are in our hearts. But I want you to think about it today. What does God have for you? I love Psalms 37, verses 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. In verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Most people interpret that verse or think that verse says that, okay, I have these desires, so God is going to make them happen. That's not what that says. God gives us the desires. Those desires in our heart, as we trust in him, as we dwell in him, as those desires he puts in our heart. What does it say in 2 Corinthians? We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, period. When you believed in Jesus Christ, bam, your spirit is 100% righteous. That is who you really are. And then every promise is what? Yes and amen. The word is full of the promises of God. And they're all yes and amen. So when we trust God, we believe we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We know the promises or we're pressing into the promises of God. Bam, those desires in our heart are from him. And when we know those desires are from him, guess what? It's easy to dream and to, and to watch those dreams happen. Because our desires are his. When we're delighting in him, we're sensitive to him. And then we can, it's easier to understand what those desires or those dreams are. You know, my whole life feels like I've gone from taking baby steps to leaps. I don't think I ever walked. It's just baby steps to boom, boom, right? But it was easy for those leaps to happen because I knew the desires in my heart were from God. I knew they were his desires. You know, when I was young, I had two dreams, desired dreams, right? One was to have 10 children. I was young. <laughs> but, but, and, and I remember one time teaching elementary school in a private Christian school, I had 10 students, and I thought, ooh, this is what it would be like. But I've never had my own natural kids, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have more than 10 spiritual children, right? I know that's true. God has fulfilled that. But then my other desire was to serve him overseas. When I got these desires, I didn't even know Jesus. But I have a love of God in my heart. He put those desires in my heart. How can a 10-year-old know that kind of thing, right? God put it in my heart. And so it's been easy it hasn't been easy living overseas, but it's been easy to step out the, of the boat to go overseas because 
I knew that was God's desire for me. It was already in my heart. You know, what are some of my other dreams? I want to reach the Chinese people all over the world. I'm not satisfied with just Hong Kong or even just Asia. I want to reach all the Chinese people in the world. And if we didn't have the translation projects, you know, and the help with uh, Greg and Safi and Helena, guess what? I wouldn't be able to do that. But every book that we translate into Chinese, guess what? We, there's opportunity for that to travel all over the world. Isn't that exciting? Every single one. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'm dreaming big. I'm not content with just Hong Kong. I also want to, I dream, I want to lay hands on the sick and they recover every time. Every time. That is a dream that I have. And I, when I retire, and I said in first service 80, and I got laughter, so maybe it's when I retire from being overseas at 80. Does that sound better? Um, I want to move back to Colorado, and I want to live in the mountains, and I want to serve the ministry as much as I can. It's just a desire, a dream that I have. God's put it there for me. And so, you know, what are your dreams? What are your desires? Have you thought about it? Have you taken time to find out what they are? Maybe you need to take a morning, or maybe you need to take a weekend, go somewhere and just worship the Lord, spend time in the Word, and say, God, what desires have you put in my heart? What do I wanna do? What is there? Because no one's exempt. We all have them. We just have to realize them. We have to ask God for them. And when you know them, then write them down, right? Put them in a journal. Write them down. Document your journey. Now, this is what most people do, is they limit themselves. Well, don't have the money for that one. Uh-uh. You are a son or daughter of the living God. He has all the money that's necessary through his cattle on a thousand hills, right? Sometimes I'll just say, God, could you butcher a calf for me or a cow, please? <laughs> right? So he's got, that, that, that's not a limitation in God's eyes. Or, or I don't have the time. Whoa, that's really not a limitation in God's eyes, right? Or we limit ourselves by saying, well, I have a family, or I don't have this, or I do have this. Uh-uh. We cannot limit God. You go into this dream session and you just put everything out on the table. You are not limited. If God has given you a dream, there's no limitations to it. We have to dream without limitations, right? So start dreaming and don't limit him. Ask him, what are those desires? Or maybe you already know them. Because the Bible says if we ask, it says if we seek, we'll find, right? He'll show us. He's not withholding himself from us. He is a good God. He has your best interest in mind. He has your back. That is my God. And he's your God too. So that means he does for you. So don't be limited. Just dream. Just dream and write it down. Okay? That's part number one. Part number two, what does it take to step out of the boat? Realize your dream. What does that look like? Now, if your boat is on land, it doesn't take much to step out. You just need, it takes a little muscle and you just step out of the boat, right? No problems. 
What if your boat is on the water? What does it take to step out of the boat and realize your dreams? Well, I think it takes risky faith. And that's what I want to talk about today is risky faith. How to step out of the boat and realize our dreams. So we're going to look at Matthew 14, verses 22 to 29. And the, the Chinese always read it together. So we're going to read it together, okay? We'll give you just a little bit of, oh, wow, look, it's right there. I kept turning around. <laughs> I love it. So, all right. Okay, that's good. Let's read it together. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? You know, Peter got out of the boat. And we're going to look at what did it take for Peter to get out of the boat. Well, it took risky faith. So what does risky faith look like? I believe that um, when those disciples were told to go um, into the boat and go across the, the sea, they didn't want to because they knew. They knew what happened on that sea. They didn't want to go. But in the, in the King James Version, it says Jesus constrained them to go. Do you know that word constrain means to compel, to necessitate, to drive, to force, or compel by authoritative command? Why did Jesus need to compel them? Probably they must have been a little bit resistant, right? But Jesus, you know what happens on, that, on the sea, on the lake. You know that these waves and winds come up. You know this, right? A little bit of doubt, a little bit of unbelief. They must have been resisting. They didn't want the hassle. It was outside of their normal every day what they did. It was different. But what did they do? They went. Amen. Right? They went. They didn't want to because if he had to, if he had to compel them, it, it means they were resisting. They didn't want to, but they did. They went. So the first part of risky faith, stepping out of the boat, is obedience. We need to obey. We need to obey. You know, they went against their natural instincts, but they surrendered and they submitted. And they did obey. So risky faith looks like obedience. 
And you may say, well, this is a dream, not an instruction. But you know what? A dream placed there by God is still something that we need to obey. If we, if we ignore it, we lose the benefits. We lose the blessing that God has for us. Secondly, when the ship was in a storm, they were tossed around by the waves. The wind was blowing against them. They could have turned around, right? They could have gone back. Did they? No, they didn't turn around. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. So at that point, what did faith look like? It looked like holding on to that instruction, grabbing a hold of it and just holding on to it despite the resistance. Despite the resistance. Do you think Jesus would have given them the instruction to go across the lake if they were going to drown in the middle? No way. That's not my God. My God is a good God. He's not going to instruct you to do something that brings harm to you. He would never do that. Amen. He would never do that. So we need to hold on to our dreams, the dreams that he's given to us, even in the resistance. We need to hold on to it. It was in my live Bible study on Friday, really good about resistance. Go back, listen, it's really good. <laughs> so, but do you think that the enemy is going to say, oh, that's a beautiful dream. You just go ahead and do it, no problem. <laughs> no. The enemy knows what's happening. He knows, and he's going to put resistance there. Resistance is always an opportunity. Resistance is not a problem. It's an opportunity to grow, to lean and press into the Lord and see what more he has for us, to grow. I'm always doing that with my staff, aren't I? I was going like this, let's grow, right? Let's grow. Resistance is an opportunity to grow. So hold on to that instruction in that dream, despite the storm or the resistance. Number three, they saw Jesus and they were afraid, right? They thought it was a ghost. You know, fear is a bully. I'm just sick of fear. It is a bully. We do not have to let anybody bully us, especially fear. It's a liar and it's a bully. So just make sure that you understand that. Fear is a bully. If you're in fear, you just make him stop bullying you. You have authority. Hallelujah, you have authority. Use it. Use it against fear. So they were afraid. They thought it was a spirit. They had unbelief. And Jesus said, it's me. Don't be afraid. It's me. <coughs> Excuse me. So you know what? After that, Peter took it one step further, right? It wasn't good enough for it just to be him. He said, well, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Tell me to come. That's faith. They could have just sat in the boat. Oh, it's you. Okay, thanks, Jesus. Whatever. But Peter says, no. If it's really you, tell me to come. Jesus didn't say come first. Peter said, tell me to come. And so what does 
risky faith look like? Risky faith looks like trusting Jesus enough to be willing to step out of the boat. Are you willing to step out of the boat? Peter hadn't done it yet, right? But there was a willingness, there was a faith. Jesus, tell me to come. If it would be silly for us to think he didn't know what he was getting into. He saw the wind, he saw the waves, he knew. It was vicious out there. And yet, there was a faith. So risky faith is trusting Jesus enough to be willing to step out of the boat. And lastly, Jesus said, come. That word come has power. That word come has incredible power. He said, come. It was a word with power. He was compelling him to come. And you know, that word come, the power, is what overcame the wind, the waves. But it overcame the natural laws. One word from God is enough. One word is all we need. That is enough. One word. One word from God. So Jesus said the word. There was power in that word, right? But Peter's faith is what activated that power. Because Peter, I mean, I don't believe if he hadn't stepped out of the boat that the wind and waves would have stopped. But Peter believed it, and he acted on it, and it released the power of God. So lastly, we have to put our faith into action. This is huge. God says, come. Jesus says, come. But we have to put our faith into action. We have to respond. We have to act on it. So Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on water. Now that is exciting, right? And God is saying to you, get out of the boat. Let's walk on water. Let's get out of the boat. So what does risky faith look like? Risky faith, stepping out of the boat, what does it look like? Obeying. God's given you a dream or desire, obey it. Don't be afraid, obey. Hold on to it when the storm comes, when you meet resistance. Hold on to that dream or that desire. Trust Jesus enough to be willing to step out of the boat. And then lastly, step out of the boat. Put action to your faith. That's what risky faith looks like. But think about the blessing. Think about the growth. Think about the excitement, the joy that comes with operating in risky faith. You know, for me personally, as I said, God put a desire in me to go overseas at a very young age. And so it wasn't so hard, right, to do that. Well, I should have to say, though, you know, I remember getting on the airplane the first time I was traveling over to Asia, and I was on the airplane maybe an hour, and I went, God, what are we doing? <laughs> the excitement of the preparation, then the reality of, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? <laughs> But God puts it in us, then it's not so hard to obey, but we need to obey, right? And, you know, I went over to Asia the summer of 90, and I loved it. Man, I fell in love with the Chinese people. I loved it. 
So 91, 92, I was back for another year. And it was the hardest year of my life. It was so hard. For me, I was out in the Wild West, nothing American. If you wanted to buy fruits or vegetables or meat, they were hanging out in the market with flies on them, you know? And um, I had no strong relationships, and there was a ton of spiritual oppression and warfare. But I was holding on to that word, that promise, that desire, that dream that I was supposed to be there. I was holding on to it even in that tough time. I was committed to walking it out. Sometimes we hesitate to walk it out because we are afraid to leave our boat. Our boat is comfortable. Our boat is good, you know? There's security there. I get that. Well, kind of. I do, though. <laughs> but we need to be water, water walkers. We do need to be water walkers. So when I left Asia in 92, I left there going, okay, God, that was fun. I'm done. It was the hardest year of my life. I'm done. All right, that was really fun, but I'm done. No more for me. But God, right? But God, do you know I've been in Asia for 21 years now? Yeah, it's amazing. But God. Without God, I couldn't do it. So, but God. So, I thought, Lord, well, about a year, and seriously, when I came home, I was a little bit messed up, just because all this stuff had happened, nobody understood. It was so much oppression. It was really tough for me. But a year later, um, there was a prophetic word for me. Man, did God hit the mark. He said, you've been hurt. You've been jaded overseas. But I have a call on your life for missions. That was the come. That was the come, where he said, come to me. And um, they had, there was some great prayer for me at that time, and there was power in that, but I have a call for you to missions. And I was back in Asia a year later. It was amazing to me. It was just amazing to me. Um, spent a summer there and then moved completely in 2000. You know, it took a lot of faith for me to trust, trust Jesus and that desire and that call to go back. But I had to do it. I couldn't do anything else, right? You can't do anything else. You're not happy or satisfied if you're not right where you're supposed to be. So I went back. And I went back with a little bit of fear and trembling. But I stepped out of the boat. You know, it's not easy to get out of the boat. It's not easy to leave the security of our natural, natural resource, the things that are around us all the time, to put us in a place where we have to, where we have to receive the blessing, the miracle. It's not always easy. But there is so much blessing when we do get out of the boat. Oh, my goodness, it's so good. Live your dreams. Live your dreams. Get out of the boat, right? See what Jesus has for you, because I can tell you, it's incredible. It's incredible. Every single one of it, it's incredible. But right now, maybe you're getting out of the boat is just telling someone about Jesus. Maybe that's hard for you, and you're, you're having to get out of the boat to, just to tell somebody about Jesus. Guess what? You start telling them, and God takes over. God is the one who works in their lives. You're not responsible for them. He works in their lives, and he brings them to him. 
Maybe you're getting out of the boat is going out in the streets, right? The church has a ministry. You go out to the streets or going to the nursing home and telling people the good news. You get out of the boat, God meets you, and he's the one who changes and transforms these lives. Maybe it's a, to tell your boss about a new idea you have. You're just not sure if you can do it. Well, do it. Step out of the boat and let God be the one to work in your boss's heart. And your boss is going to be saying, tell me more ideas, tell me more ideas, right? Promote you because you've stepped out of the boat. Maybe it's start teaching a Bible study or a small group. The miracle is God begins to change the lives. You've just opened up your home. Maybe it's going on a missions trip, right? The ultimate for some. Really, God, are you sure? I don't want to go to that place. But actually, you know what? God is going to do as much in you as he does through you, and he's going to reveal himself and his incredible love for those people. God does the work. We just have to step out of the boat. We have to act on our faith. For me, my stepping out of the boat was to move overseas, changing cultures, changing languages, changing ways of thinking, changing friends, but not changing who my God is or what his plan for my life is or not changing that word come. You know, getting out of the boat puts you in a position of being a water walker. You know what Andrew says about water walkers? Andrew says that is where the fruit grows. If we aren't living on the edge, we're taking up too much space. I want to live on the edge. I want to live on the edge. So we need to get out there. Even if it's a small thing, get out there. Get out there to the place where you have to depend on God. You cannot depend on yourself. It's a great place to be. It's a scary place sometimes, but it's a great place because we trust him, right? God says, come. We release that powerful word as we believe it and we act on it. So, again, what does dreaming and having risky faith to get out of the boat look like? It looks like obedience. Rising above fear, that bully. Holding on to the dream, even in the midst of the storm, the resistance. Trusting Jesus enough to be willing to take that step, that first step out of the boat. Lord, tell me to come. And lastly, putting action to our faith. So we're actually getting out of the boat. It doesn't do any good for the Lord to say, come, and you sit in your boat. You have to act. You have to make your leg go up and step over out of the boat. Peter stepped out of the boat. Guess what? So can you. You can step out of the boat. You have everything you need for life and for godliness. There's nothing being withheld from you. So this morning, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you, first of all, to think about there's what one thing can you do today. Don't wait years down the road. Don't wait till you finish Bible college. Don't wait. Today, what can you do? What can you do? What are the dreams and desires that God has put in your heart? 
What are they? What are you going to do to step out of the boat and not to hesitate? Are you willing to step out of the boat no matter what? And I want to pray for you because I cannot let you leave without responding, giving you opportunity to respond. So we're going to be bold, right? We're bold. So if you want to realize your dreams, if you want to step out of the boat, if you want to hear the Lord say, come, and you want to follow that, I want you to stand up, and I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah, Lord. Let's just open our arms up to him. Father, we just thank you that you are such a good God. You are so amazing. You have incredible plans for every single one of us. No one is exempt from the awesome and amazing plans that you have for them. Perfect just for them. So Lord, today I just pray over every person. I pray that they are just starting to realize those desires and those dreams that you have for them. I pray, Father, that they are in a position of just saying, show me God. And any limitation that we put on you, Father, we thank you that we just take that and tear that limitation down right now in Jesus' name. We will not be limited by finances or by resources or by time or anything. We are not limited by people because you're God. So we just take that limitation down and say, Lord, whatever that dream is, Father, whatever that dream is, we are willing to trust you. We're willing to step out of the boat. We're willing to hold on to that promise and that dream, even in the midst of trial and resistance, seeing it as an opportunity to grow. Father, I just speak over everyone now in the stirring that you're doing in their heart. Father, just electrify that stirring. Stir it up strong, God. Stir it up that they will no longer be the same person. From this moment on, Lord, we are changed because of who you are in our life and what you have for us. And those who are hesitating to step out of the boat right now, I just want you to take a step with your foot and say, I am stepping. I am stepping out of this boat. And we will not look at the wind or waves that started to be there because we know with Jesus we can trust you completely. Lord, we're stepping out of the boat. We're calling, we're dreaming big things for the kingdom. I speak over everybody. I speak just an incredible vision and dreams. I speak rest. I speak peace. I speak just a, an expanse of all that you want to do. And Lord, those areas where we're a little bit fearful or untrusting, Father, we grab a hold of right now who you are, the hem of your garment, and say, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And let go of our fear. Fear has no place. In Jesus' name. Amen. You're amazing, Father. You are our Father, and you are amazing. And we love you, and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.